0: Baptist Church.
1: Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bucus Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling.
0: I want to invite us on this afternoon to Ephesians chapter 6. We'll begin our reading in verse 12 of Ephesians chapter 6. The word of the Lord reads as follows. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayers and supplications in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that. In it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Amen. Father in heaven, I need you once again that you might give power and strength to this mortal flesh to declare a word from on high that would cause your people who are here to walk in the favor of God and know that they've heard from God. Father, there may be someone under the sound of my voice that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior. I'm praying that in the process of preaching that you will provoke their heart to surrender and ask what must I do to be saved. Lord, there may still yet be others who have walked away from you. They know you. They're born again, but they're not in fellowship. God, restore the broken fellowship. Encourage their hearts. Father, someone may have come in discouraged today. I'm praying that you would encourage them through the power of preaching. Lord, it is my desire that you would give me the strength I need to clearly articulate your word, to have a clarity of speech and thought that your message might be clear to your people. Spirit of the Lord, I need you even now as I surrender to you. Have your own way. And God, when we're done, we will give your name all the glory and all the honor and all the praise for you all by yourself are worthy of it. It's in Jesus' name I pray with thanksgiving and expectation. Amen. I began a series of messages on last Sunday entitled, Don't Underestimate the Power of Prayer. I began the series in Philippians chapter 4. And I spoke from the subject matter. Prayer brings joy, rejoicing, and peace. We discovered last week, if you pray, you can avoid anxiety. The text there in Philippians says, be anxious for nothing. Amen. But by prayer and through thanksgiving, we learned also that we needed to address the King with our petitions. Let your requests be made known unto God. And then finally, by doing so, in the process of prayer, we would activate God's peace, text says. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will release, if you will, a regiment of guards to guard your heart, that's your emotions, from being all over the place. And your mind, that's your thoughts that cause you to wander all over the place, and he'll guard it through Christ Jesus so we've learned a little bit about this power of prayer and why it's important not to underestimate the power of prayer. On this morning, we find ourselves in this final and last chapter of the book of Ephesians as Paul writes to the church of Ephesus. He writes to help them to understand how they are to conduct themselves as Christians on how to walk as a Christian ought to walk to walk circumspectly and to walk properly in such a way that their walk will represent their king well. But what Paul does, interestingly enough, he knows that as we walk this walk, we're also under the assault of an enemy. And so, because he knows that Christians will be under assault when they walk in attempts to try to live a life that represents God well, he also not only shares the Christian walk, but he also shares Christian warfare. For if you have not figured it out already, when you came and joined in the body of Christ, you became a member of the winning team in a war. Now, just in case you haven't joined, and you said, well, I didn't really want to sign up to be in the war. Even before you signed up, you were in the war. You were just on the losing team. Amen. You were on the enemy side. You were on the devil's side. But when you gave your heart and life to Jesus, you joined the winning side. But nevertheless, it's a warfare going on. I know that you thought that it was just a, a walk down the aisle and a giving the preacher your hand and a giving the Lord your heart. But I need you to know this is war. But Paul shares this whole idea about this. And in the process of me examining this text of Paul's, what we discover is in the midst of him sharing some insights about warfare is a hidden treasure about prayer. So I want to try to pull out some of that that treasure for us on today as we look through this, because I'm a firm believer that we are experiencing probably most of what we experience in life as challenges and struggles and and troubles in our life is coming from this warfare that we're in. In other words, we're under the assault of the enemy and this assault of the enemy is affecting our lives in multitudes of ways, but we just haven't realized that that's what it is. But we're definitely in a warfare and we're losing many a battle because we don't understand and we have underestimated the power of prayer. So I want to talk this second part of the series, Don't Underestimate the Power of Prayer. From the subject matter, prayer allows you to withstand the enemy's assault. Now, if we're going to withstand the enemy's assault, we've got to prepare for the enemy. First step, you've got to prepare. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm in a war, Pastor. You just told me I'm in a war. And so I need to prepare for war. Don't go into war with a water gun, all right? You need to have adequate preparation for the war. And as we read this text, what Paul does is he helps us first and foremost, because if I'm going to prepare for the war, I need to know who I'm fighting. Who is my enemy? He begins here in this passage. He lets us know that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness, against those that are in the heavenly places. Our warfare is not against flesh and blood. Let me see if I can really make this clear. I'm trying to break it down to you. It's not your brother that you're at war with. It's not your sister. It's not your supervisor. It's not the boss on the job. Your war is not against that person that has done you wrong. Your war is not against that husband who walked out on you, cheated on you. It's not against that wife who took everything in the divorce settlement. This warfare is not against flesh and blood. It's not against the person who made you mad gets on your nerve. It's not against some people. It's not against your your mama. This warfare is not a flesh and blood warfare. It's a spiritual warfare. And the text here, Paul lets us know that we're not wrestling, we're not at war with flesh and blood, but we're at war against spiritual entities. Because I know you thought that you were right to hold on to the anger and the frustration and the unforgiveness because of what they did to you and you're mad at them and you're not speaking to them but I need you to understand something you have targeted your weapons at the wrong enemy. Your enemy is not fleshly. It's not human flesh. It's not anybody walking around that's called a human being. That's not where the war is coming from. It might manifest itself through them, but it's not them. So when you get into your ideology that I'm going to get them back, you're fighting the wrong enemy. When I was in school, I sometimes was a mischievous kind of kid. Every now and then, I'd sneak up in a crowd of people as we walked down the hall, and I would slap somebody behind the head. And then I'd go on walking like it wasn't me. And, of course, they'd turn around, and they'd look, and whoever the person was behind them, you'd think it was them. So now, all of a sudden, they're ready to get in a fight with the person behind them. And that's what the devil is doing to us. He's slapping us on the head, hiding his hand. We turn around and see a human being, and now we want to go to war with them. Our our enemy, we need to identify who our enemy is. It's not flesh and blood, but it's against a well-organized spiritual military militia or army of the devil. Well organized. Look look at here. Look at what the text says. It's against principalities. It's against powers. It's against the rulers of the darkness of this age. It's against a spiritual host of wickedness. I mean, there is a host. There is a, a regiment. There is an army of wickedness that is at war against us as believers. And this is why a lot of stuff that we're dealing with in our life, it's the assault of the enemy through these spiritual means. But because it's spiritual, watch this, we can't see it, and so we end up attacking what we see. But, 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 but if you're going to prepare for war, you need to know who you're fighting. And in the process of preparation, what the Apostle Paul does, he not only lets us know who we're fighting, but he says you need to get dressed for war. So what he does, is he's going to lay out for us here in the text, he's going to give us this whole idea of what we need to put on. He says, look, um, you know know you're dealing with a spiritual enemy, and so in order to deal with a spiritual enemy, you need spiritual armament to protect you from his spiritual assault. Y'all stay here with me? So if you look there in the text, he says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in that evil day. And having done all to stand, just stand. What I like about this is he he never he never he he, he says, look, you just have to withstand (laughs) the enemy's assault because the enemy is has you and I as targets on his gun. On his weapon, we, we are in the crosshairs of his attack, and we need to know he is assaulting us, but Paul says we don't have to assault back. All we need to do is withstand. Wow, so we got to prepare ourselves. So in preparation, he says here, uh, verse 15, having, uh, no, I'm sorry, verse 14, he says, first of all, he says you need to gird your waist with truth. Now, what Paul is going to do is he's going to lay out for us in, in a, for, for one who would understand the, the methodology of putting on the, uh, the soldier's garments. He starts out with the belt because the belt is the piece on which all the other armament connects. Everything else that the soldier has is going to connect to this belt. So the belt is of essential, of, of essentiality to the whole armament of the soldier. So he says to us, the belt we need to put on is truth. We need to put on truth. I'm trying to talk to somebody right about here. As a Christian, if we're going to withstand the enemy's attack, part of our preparation is learn how to tell the truth. ain't nothing worse than a lying Christian and if you are a Christian and you not only can't tell the truth but you're not living in truth you are already helping the enemy to win the war because what God has called us to is out of darkness and into light and in the light there is truth and since we're in him and he is in the truth he is true we need to stand and stay in truth can I help somebody right here Truth is not just what you say. Sometimes truth is what you don't say. Yeah. Well, I didn't lie because I didn't say that. Yeah. But the intent was not to operate in the integrity of truth. Y'all still here? And truth is sometimes, watch this, our actions. Are my actions in line with the truth of the word of God? So he says, we need to put this truth on first because everything else about our Christian walk needs to be aligned and connected with truth. That's how important truth is for my little white lie tellers. So he says, okay, put on the belt of truth. He says, on your waist, on your having on your on the breastplate of righteousness to cover the vital organs, cover all the vital organs, which is a soldier's breastplate. He covers all the vital organs, which is even life itself with righteousness, because the only way I'm going to have life is I've got to have the righteousness of God. So I've got to have my central organs covered with righteousness, righteous living, righteous action, righteous ways, righteousness. And it ain't my righteousness because I cannot attain my own righteousness. So the righteousness that I've adorned myself is the righteousness of God. Y'all still hearing in the text? And he says, and, and having your, your, your feet covered or shod with the preparation of a gospel of peace. Everywhere I go, the gospel of peace ought to be leading me. If I'm going to prepare for the enemy, I've got to let the word of God be the lamp unto my feet, and that ought to be what's leading me and guiding me. If the Bible does not have instructions as to how to get to the club, maybe I ought not be going there. If the Bible is not leading me to the lottery line, to the liquor store every Friday, maybe I ought not be going there. If the the Bible is not leading me to tip out on my husband, tip out on my wife and creep over to the other side of town maybe i ought not be going there y'all messing with me so i might well go ahead and preach anyhow and so therefore you need to let the gospel of peace be your guide put it on your feet wherever you travel let the gospel lead you there if the bible don't lead you there stay away from it he, he says put put that on your feet um I'm sorry, I, I, this thing getting me. He says, above all, all he says, taking the shield of faith. Um, put the put the shield of faith out front, because faith is. The substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And if I can put that out in front of my life, it's going to change my whole perspective of life. So instead of me getting bent out of shape for what I see, faith says I know what I see ain't what is going to be. Mm. help me lord jesus put that out front see we need we you need spiritual armament in order to deal with a spiritual warfare so then he says after you've got on all this garmentry you got on this shield of faith which is able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one because he will be shooting darts at you help me lord and and he says take up the helmet of salvation you must be born again Amen. If you're going to be able to withstand the enemy's assaults and attacks, you must be born again. You need to have that on your head. And let me say this. If you take the head off of any enemy, it's over. If I take away salvation, it's over. (laughs) Help me. And so he says, let that salvation cover your head like a helmet. And that way you'll know how to think because I'm thinking saved. Because now my brain is controlling how I think, and then since my brain controls how I think, it controls how I act, and, and and it becomes the methodology, but I need to let my salvation cover me. Every now and then you need to remind yourself you'll say, Lord Jesus. I'm just trying to get y'all to prepare for this enemy. So he says, look, he says now you got all that now the, the final thing he says here in the text which is really going to bring us to getting getting where we're really trying to get. He says he says now you got all this this armament on. You got all this stuff on the spiritual armament. Now he gives us and all of the armament that he's given us so, thus far is defensive. It's just so you can stand. Then he, he he offers up one offensive weapon in all of this and he says And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, I'm going to slow down this reading again because I know you missed it. And he said, um, now you put on all this armament. Now, he says, and, and take the sword of the spirit. In other words, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The sword belongs to the spirit. And the word of God belongs to the Spirit. And so watch this the offensive weapon that you have is doesn't even belong to you. But he says take it up. Help me, Lord, because when you take it up, it's not going to be you that's going to launch an offensive. It's going to be the Holy Spirit that does the fighting for you. I wish I had somebody that knew that it's the Lord that's going to fight your battle. It ain't you. All you need to do is learn how to stand. If I can help you right here, just stand. Get your spiritual garments on, your defensive garments on, and stand. And if you get that on, you'll be able to withstand when you pick up. The spiritual, watch this, the one spiritual offensive weapon is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, watch this. When you pick up this sword of the spirit, he's going to go further on to, to let us know some, some other things that we, we need to understand. And that's in verse 18. He says uh, that we need, to, we need to pick it up in prayer. Praying always with all supplication. So what he's going to tell us in verse 18, and we get to in just a moment, he's going to tell us that there is a way to pick up this sword. Don't just pick up the sword and start throwing out scripture to try to defend yourself. Because first of all, most of us can't handle this sword. Oh, Jesus. And the reason why we get beat up, even though we're quoting scriptures, is because we're quoting them out of context and we're quoting them without prayer. And so he says, when you pick up the offensive weapon, pick it up with prayer. That's what he's going to say right here. Let me get, let me get on into the text. I know y'all ready for, for the evening luncheons, nap time and all that. But he says, watch this. When you pick up this sword of the spirit, he says, pick it up praying all the time. Pick it up, praying always. This verse number 18 is loaded with all. 'all, Y'all need to see that. All is all over, verse 18. And whenever God is saying something that repetitively, you need to be paying close attention. So he says, when you pick up the sword, pick it up with all praying. Now, praying always. And what he's saying, he's saying, pray all the time. Praying always with all prayers. In other words, he says, pray all the time with all kinds of prayers. In other words, when you pick up this, this, my God, help me, Lord. When you pick up this sword, you need to be praying when you pick it up. And he says, pray all the time. Don't just pray before you pick it up. Pray while you're picking it up. Pray while you have it in your hand and pray all kinds of prayers. Pray some short prayers. Pray some long prayers. Pray some mediocre prayers. Pray some worship prayers. Pray some celebrator prayers. Pray some prayers of thanksgiving. Pray some prayers of petition. Pray some intercessory prayers prayers. Pray all kinds of prayers. Pray some arrow prayers. Lord help. That's called an arrow prayer. That's when you just shoot it up. You ain't got time to go through all the Lord I and Lord Holy God in heaven and all that. You just say Lord help. You got to learn how to pray all kinds of prayers and pray them all the time. And when you pick up this word to handle this sword of the spirit that ain't yours anyhow it's the Holy Spirit. You're going to pick it up with prayer. Now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Because what he's going to say here in verse number 18 is and he, he moves us watch this if we're going to withstand the the assault of the enemy we've not only have to be able to prepare for the enemy but we've also got to pray in the spirit it's right there in verse number 18 he says praying always in all things and all supplications in the spirit y'all see
1: that that's in your text so you've got to pray in the spirit to continue our journey tune in next week for the second half of today's message praise the lord You've been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukus Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-574-3515. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. If
0: you're over 40 and concerned about any of the following, stay tuned for a special free Bible.